Praise God. So good to see you today. You made it on this cold day. Scotland is something else, isn't it? One centimeter of snow and then everybody is half an hour late. <laughs> We're just not prepared for the snow like other places. Did you not just enjoy that worship? Yeah. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. I just want to lean against you, Jesus. That just immediately makes me think about John in Scripture. You know, the apostles, I know the apostle, John was the one that had a special relationship. Because when he writes and he describes himself, he says, the apostle that Jesus loved. He described himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. That Jesus loves all his disciples. Jesus loves us all. But he had such an awareness of being loved. And he would sit next to Jesus as a young man and he would just lean against the Lord. He's like listening to the heartbeat of Jesus. I think that is so precious. That is so precious. And when they come to the Gospels, because the Gospels is really what people focus on when it comes to December and it's Christmas time. They focus on what is described in the Gospel when Jesus came to the earth. But when we listen to how John describes the event, he has a phenomenal revelation. He describes it completely different from the other three. Not that the other three are not wonderful, but John says, in the beginning was the Word. And when the scripture says the Word, you know he's talking about Jesus. And I want us to look at this. I want us to look at what John is describing because John had this wonderful relationship with Jesus and he takes this eternal perspective which is so powerful, so, so powerful and it's eternal, it's for today as well. So let's look at, uh, Melvin, can you bring it up on the, on the screen please? So I'm going to mix between the New Living and the King James. I'm trying to do the New Living because it makes it easier for people where English is a second language, okay? We want to make ourselves understood as much as possible. But we are, the main scripture today is from John chapter 1 and verse 14. John 1, 14. In the New King James it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. In the New Living, it says like this, listen to me here. So the Word became human. Wow. You understand it now? Jesus became human. Jesus became human. And made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And he had been... We have seen his glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He became human. This, in a nutshell, 
is the Christmas message. Jesus became human. God came, became a human being. The whole world actually acknowledges this. Everywhere you go in the world, and you have to fill in the form, what is the first thing they usually ask you? What's today's date? And people write down, and they put the day, the month, the year. What, what are they counting? They're counting. They're counting how many years? AD. Do you know what AD stands for? Remember your Latin lessons, if you were like me at school, we all had to do Latin, didn't we? A.D. Anno Domini. In the year of the Lord. Anno is year and Domino is Lord. In the year of the Lord. So, everybody all around the world, today, every day, acknowledges that hardly a day goes past where you, you don't have to put down what's the date. What's the date? The whole world, even people that say they don't believe in Jesus, they still acknowledge it every day and they write down the date. That was the day. And God, the creator, put a big cross and say, here, pay attention. This is the day to pay attention to. Why? Because Jesus became human. This is crucial. This is essential. This is wonderful. This is a miracle. This is why we as believers celebrate Christmas. Jesus became human. This is what we celebrate. We rejoice for this day. That the eternal God would step down to our level. Why is that significant for you? Because if Jesus had not become human, he could not have died. And he could not have paid for your sin. This is so significant. Are you hearing me? Jesus became human. It had to be in order for Jesus to die. Because a God will not die. He became a human being so that he could pay the price for your sin and for my sin so amazing matthew 1 23 look the virgin will conceive a child she will give birth to a son and they will call him emmanuel which means god is with us matthew quotes this in the first chapter and he's actually quoting from Isaiah who prophesied it 740 years before it happened. Whoa. <laughs> How is that for a prophecy? If you've got to wait 740 years, eh? Sometimes we dismiss it after a week. Oh, it didn't come to pass after a week. Isaiah's prophesied 740 years and it took place. And in Isaiah 7.4, where uh, Isaiah is writing this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Isaiah gave that word to the house of David, that was a sign to them. It was a sign that the Messiah would come through 
their generations, which meant the enemy couldn't take them out. The enemy couldn't take them out. Why? Because God had spoken. There was destiny. And for us today, we have this word, God is with us. The enemy can't take you out. Why? Because you have destiny. Because God is with you. Can he mess with your plans? Sure he can. He can't take you out. He can't take you out. Because God is on the throne. And when we walk according to the Spirit, we are in his hands. So, God is with us. Emmanuel, this is good news. This is why we celebrate that Jesus became human. Jesus became flesh. It is significant. It's significant for you. So, we read Jesus was human and Jesus was God. Both at the same time. This is significant. Jesus was human and he was still part of the Godhead. There is such a war in the world about this truth. There's a spiritual warfare going on. Do you understand? People fighting, saying, no, it's not true. Yes, it's true. We know it's true because we've experienced it. 1 John 4, verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and it's now already in the world. You see how there's a fight there? There's a fight about did Jesus come in the flesh, meaning was Jesus human? Because the minute that you don't believe Jesus was a human, then he could not have died for you. And he could have not paid for your sin. That is why the enemy tries to, to uh, hide the truth from people. Because it's so powerful. It's so powerful. In 2 John 1.7, I say this because many deceivers have gone into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver, an antichrist. Jesus did come, and he did live as a human being, and he did die for you. His body was broken for you. They beat him for you, for your sin, for your sickness. He died on that cross for you and I, and it is real. And this is what we celebrate, that Jesus came. Some say, oh, he was just a prophet. No, no, no. He's the son of the living God. Not just a good man. Not just a prophet. He came and became human. But he was still at the same time. He was God. Why is this so important? Because Jesus asked the disciples. He looked them in the eye. Matthew 16 and verse 15, and he looks at you today. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? 
Today, the Lord Jesus Christ is looking at you and asking you this question. Who do you say that I am? And the answer will determine your eternal destiny. Meaning, where will you go when you die? Is determined by your answer. Who do you say I am? Is the question that Jesus poses to every human being. Who do you say I am? Not just in your heart, but who do you speak out and confess that I am? And how powerful is it when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour? He gives us eternal life. How powerful is that? Because he became human. He was able to wash away our sin. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yes, the egg came from Mary. But the sperm, the seed, did not come from a human being. Because the scripture tells us that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost. It's interesting because in the Old Testament, remember it talks about the iniquities of the fathers goes to the third and fourth generation. So if Jesus had been conceived with a seed from a human being, there would have been iniquity from the third and the fourth generation. But he was born of the incorruptible seed by the Holy Spirit. Isn't this interesting how the Old Testament talks about that? Iniquities of the fathers. It doesn't say iniquities of the mothers. It doesn't say that. You see how God is so precise and how Jesus would be born, being a hundred percent human, yet without sin, and yet he would still be the Son of God, the Son of Man, and the Son of God at the same time. So wonderful, the deity and the humanity of Christ all at the same time is so powerful for us. Jesus was born of the incorruptible seed. We read in 1 Peter 1.23 in the New King James, it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so the word, of course, is Jesus. So as we are born again, we too are born of the incorruptible seed by the Holy Spirit. So when you are born again, you too, your sins are washed. Without sin, when God looks at us, he does not see sin because we are washed by the word. Hallelujah. You know, God didn't just send somebody else to solve our mess. He stepped down himself to save us just want to give a little illustration. There was a man who was caught speeding. You know what happens when you get caught speeding? <laughs> you can get into trouble. So he got into trouble and he thought, what will I do? Ah, I have this friend who's a judge. So he went to his friend who's a judge and he's saying, um, I really would like you to take care of the mess I got myself in, of what happened. Well, I've got this speeding fine, yes is really, can you, can you take care of it? 
And his friend said, sure, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Some time passed. And then when they met up again, uh, the man said, oh, I'm so glad that you managed to dismiss my case. And the man looked at him and said, I did not dismiss your case. Oh, I thought you took care of it. He said, I paid it. I paid it. Yeah, but I just wanted you to dismiss it. And his friend who was a judge said, tell me this, were you guilty or were you not? Oh, yeah. He says, so justice demands for the penalty to be paid. Justice demands. Justice demands. So God did not just send somebody else for you. He stepped out of eternity and became human for you and for me. This is why we celebrate. This is why even on a cold day you will come to church to worship because he is so worthy. Like what he has done for us. The miracle of the creator of the all universe stepping away from eternity and becoming a human making himself so vulnerable, being born as a baby. How powerful is this? How powerful? Let's go to Hebrews 2, 14 to 18. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only a human being could he die. Only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. He is able to help us when we are being tested. This is the miracle of Jesus becoming human. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. This is what Jesus has done for you. <clears throat> this is what he has done for you. In Isaiah 9, 6 it says... For a child is born to us and a son is given to us. Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. Here you have the two hand in hand because a child is a human being but the son is the son of God. You see? Hand in hand. That Jesus was 100% human 
100% God at the same time. All the efforts of the human race to make a way, to find a way up to God have been total failures. And they are called, all these efforts are called religion. Religion. Man's efforts are called religion. And they all ended up in Babel. But they built a tower trying to reach up to God. And it caused what? Mega confusion. Man's effort, a human being's effort to reach God causes confusion. Does not work. Does not work. Even those that try to make Christianity into a religion, hear me out, cause mega confusion. Because we are in a living relationship with Jesus. A living relationship, not a religion. That goes way past religion, full of rules, do's and don'ts. It goes way past it. Way past it. It's impossible to start with an earth base and reach God. But God came and he reached us. That is the way that God has reached us by Jesus becoming human. And he had originally created us in his image, but through sin we had lost it. And Jesus won it back for us. And so it says, he dwelt among us. He made his home among us. He made his home among us. He lives with us. He eats with us. He sleeps with us. He's living next door to us. He's in our lives. He's everywhere with us. This is talking about, you know, the disciples physically had Jesus as a human. We have the Holy Spirit with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And you can know Jesus in the same way that the first disciples. You can know Jesus in the same way. He is real. He lives with us. He makes us home with us. But you have to open the door for him. If you don't open the door, he won't come. Because he doesn't force himself. You have to open the door and say, come in. Come into my life. Have you done that? Have you opened the door and said, Jesus, come in? When did you open the door? <coughs> oh, I think I did. If you open the door, you would know. If you open the door to Jesus, you would know. How would you know? Because you would, you would know his presence. You would start talking with him. You would start hearing his voice. You would feel his presence. You can do it today. You just open your heart and say, Jesus, please come in. Now I understand that you became a human being so you could die for me. I believe that. Jesus, I believe that. And I now open up my heart, my life, 
and ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. Why don't you do that today? Why don't you say that prayer today? You're listening on Facebook. Why don't you do that? This is your invitation that you can know Jesus because he wants to live with us. He's here for us. We have seen his glory full of grace and truth. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. How wonderful is it to behold his glory. It means we can experience him. He is real. And the scripture says that he has been tested like we get tested. Oh yes, we all get tested. Your people don't just suddenly rob a bank. They actually, if they are going to do that, they have a little bit of planning. Depending on how much planning they have, it'll either go really bad or just bad. But things don't just happen. It starts with thoughts in people's heads and plans. And every temptation starts with some thinking and you use your will. You don't just suddenly go and steal something. It starts with some thoughts which then run wild. So, that's called temptation. When an idea comes that is to, can be a temptation and you use your will, you either say, no way, or you start to build on it and entertain it. When that temptation comes, that's when you need to call on the name of the Lord and say, no, no, no. Because Jesus has won over sin. So we can win. We don't have to give in to that. He's defeated. He's defeated. He has been tempted like us. He was a human being. He knows. Sometimes people think, oh no, Jesus doesn't possibly know what I'm going through. Um, I'll give you an illustration. Uh, years ago when my mother was very ill, I had to take some time out of my work and go back to my home country and live there for a while. And it was really quite tricky. And one of my sisters, we would take turns about and um, sit at the hospital bed because somebody had to be there 24-7 because she was like uh, being fed through a tube and she would be pulling it out. And this was life and death. So we both came from other countries, arrived in Copenhagen, went and we were sitting there taking turns and then she started to get better. Eventually I had to come back to the UK because I could only be off work for so long. And I came back and she was still unwell and I remember I said, Lord, I feel so sad because I can't be there. I feel so sad because I can't I can't help. I just felt sad, you see. And the Lord said, I know how you feel. And I thought, how can he know? And he brought me to the gospel where it says, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he looked at his mother. While he was dying for all of our sin, he remembered his earthly mother, he remembered Mary, and he looked at John, and he said, John, you're going to take care of her. And the scripture says, from that day, from that day onwards, they took Mary into their home. So can you see the picture? The compassion of Christ, while he's dying for the whole sin of the world, 
He remembered his mother. Yes, he knew exactly the pain and the sadness I felt. There's nothing that you go through that he does not understand. He is so compassionate. He understands. He's been tested in all the areas that we are tested. Yet he never sinned. Oh, how glorious to have a Savior that has that kind of compassion. And so we can experience, it says here, we have seen his glory. That means you can experience him. I've experienced the Lord in the most extraordinary ways. But every one of us are experiencing the Lord in different ways at different times. I've, in, I've experienced joy unspeakable. I was joy unspeakable. It's just so good that you can't speak it out, that you're just on the floor laughing. Yes, that is the kingdom of God. It's joy unspeakable. I've experienced that. I've experienced the peace of God that passes all understanding in the midst of very, very difficult situation and just feeling totally at peace, which makes absolutely no human sense. But it's the reality of having Jesus live among us. And we are in that supernatural peace even in the middle of the storm. I've experienced standing in awe of him. I think most of us experience that when we come here on a Sunday and we worship. We are just in awe of who he is. It is real. He is real. I've experienced his love so tangible that the hug lasted for a whole week. His presence was so strong. I said, Lord, I don't ever want you to let go. A whole week. Revelations of his word. Just leaning against him like John did. Jesus is real. He understands what you're going through. I just bless you today. I just remind you today, Jesus became human for you and for me. Let this be what we marvel at this month. Let this be what we carry on the inside. Let this be where we speak to other people. That we say, this is the time to celebrate because Jesus became human. Oh, what's so significant about that? Because that was the only way he could die for your sin. How glorious. Be blessed this morning. Amen.